Hello guys, you're so welcome here today to this podcast, which deals with all things in relation to narcissistic abuse, understanding it and surviving it and actually going on to thrive. Hi guys, you're so welcome back to another video on Narcon. On this channel, we believe in educating ourselves in relation to the narcissistic personality disorder in order to heal well and to protect ourselves going forward. Please subscribe if you like the content. So today, guys, I know I promised you a video that um, would describe or discuss how to go about telling people about the experience or explaining the experience post um, an intimate relationship with a narcissist. That video is coming after this one. I got this email in from one of you guys, a fellow subscriber, and the email describes a, a situation with a narcissist in an intimate setting. And the writer has very bravely and kindly given me permission to read this uh, account out to you. Now, she's also aware that not everyone may agree with how she got involved with this narcissist. And she is aware that some of the comments may not be too favorable. So please bear in mind that this person has suffered a great deal because of a choice she made and she is fully aware now that it was probably not the best thing to do and she's doing her very best to recover from this situation which has caused her an extreme amount of pain. So if you could bear with the, there is some sexual references in the account and I don't want to offend anyone by them but on this channel I would like to delve into I'm not going to throw away somebody's experience of a narcissist because it's you know unpalatable most experiences with narcissists are unpalatable but um, I hope you'll bear with me and understand um, that this is a really well thought out and well reviewed account of the person's experience, their personal experience. And she's contributing this in order to help other people as well. And she's really contributing to the community. So thank you for sending the email. And obviously you will remain anonymous as agreed. So guys, let's read it and see what you think and see if there's anything you can add to it to contribute to our community going forward. So it starts off very kindly by saying, Dear Paula, I want to thank you for all the work you have put into your channel. It has provided me with a great deal of comfort. And post-narcissistic abuse, we do need some comfort and healing. So thank you for saying that. I was in an online relationship. So at best was a secondary source of supply, question mark. You would think that this kind of interaction could barely be called a relationship and that it would not be a big deal when it ended. For me, it was. And again, any interaction with a relation, any interaction with a narcissist will have quite a profound effect if there's any degree of intimacy or staying with them in a long time situation. I became deeply attached to this man over the course 
of our 15 month interaction. And again, don't forget, guys, about the Tinder swindler. And if any of you haven't seen that um, documentary or movie, I'm not sure. You know, people do get hooked online by narcissists and people have sent lots of money to narcissists pretending or con men or women pretending to be, you know, victims and in need. So don't underestimate the power of the written communication, the written word and telephone calls and things like that. You don't actually have to be in someone's presence for them to manipulate you. In the first months, our relationship affected my work because we talked literally all day long. Bit of a love bomb going on there. We spent such a great deal of time together that I could eventually read him just by his pause in the conversation. It's hard to explain. It's like he was right next to me. I was devastated when things started to decline, in despair when nothing I did altered the course we were on, and sick from heartbreak when it ended. When I hear what people in real relationships with these individuals go through, I honestly feel silly about how much I have been affected, which makes it worse. Don't do that to yourself. Have total compassion. What you feel is real and your pain is just as just as equal to another's, another person's pain. I honestly feel, okay, when I, okay, it has taken me months to heal from that discard, to accept that I was interacting with a person with NPD and to face how many boundaries I allowed myself to breach. If I'm being honest, I am not completely healed either, not by a long shot. We know it takes a long time to heal, but the more work you put in, the quicker it'll happen and the more amazing you'll be at the end of it, guys, so don't give up. The reason I'm writing this is actually to share my observations with you some of which I haven't heard on any of the channels and which I think you will find very interesting. Here are salient points about the relationship to put these observations into context. Okay, so I'm going to kind of paraphrase. This is a very uh, kind of revealing and intimate part of the relationship. This person was involved this writer was involved in a, a sexual relationship online. So the reason she's explaining it is she's trying to tell us how that's it. This was a control kind of dynamic going on in this sexual encounter and it was worked into the relationship. So they were role playing um, the, the writer and this narcissistic individual. So there was a control element. Obviously, one person was was dominant and the other person was submissive. So it's in the context of sexual games. But it also became an excuse to try and abuse, humiliate and degrade me, but not in the context of mutual sexual pleasure. This was not what I had signed up for. 
So he claimed to be playing a role, but actually he was a narcissist in disguise using um, using control in a role, but he was actually really using it. I had zero experience with any of this and did not realise this until I was deeply attached to this man. So the narcissists use sex as a currency and any kind of sexual relationship, whether online or in person, is going to embroil you and entangle you spiritually with an individual because you're opening up the most intimate part of your soul to another person. So the sexual tie is real and whether it's through a computer or a phone or whatever context, the written word, it's still a tie and it's something that really needs to be respected and your discernment used. You know, we need to know the person and we need to trust them when we when we get that involved with someone. It's really dangerous and people underestimate just how dangerous it can be to your survival, the soul, your soul survival and your spirit survival. When I did find out that he was married and I was already all in, in inverted commas, I confess that I stayed on after finding out to my shame. Now this is, it becomes an addiction. The narcissist gets you hooked on so many different levels, hormonally, spiritually, sexually, psychologically. So it is to our shame that we stay on, but it's also we need to be compassionate with ourselves because it's not always obvious at the time. In retrospect, you know, things are much clearer. And when we get the education again, guys, I'm going to plug, please share the information so that other people aren't left high and dry out there. OK, um, he told me that his wife changed after their second daughter was born, but that is not why I stayed. I didn't believe him even then. I was just simply hooked. Such honesty. Thank you for that. He said he had considered leaving his wife, but that he, in inverted commas, loved his girls too much. Children are supply for narcissists, guys. At, at a point, he mentioned a few times that his wife's parents were very wealthy. He was staying for the probably status and the money. It's still hard for me to wrap my mind around the thought that one could be married to someone for 15 years without attaching in any way. But if this is indeed the case, then perhaps he has stayed for the money. You're right on the money there, girl. After he told me he was married, he started complaining about his wife to me. I told him I didn't want to engage in this, that nothing good would come of it. He never mentioned her again, but looking back, based on what he said about his life in general, it is clear to me that she is definitely very empathic and that she keeps it all together. So this poor woman has no idea what this narcissist is getting up to. And he's probably keeping his mask in place by going behind her back and online with other people to get his supply to keep him emotionally regulated with her and not to let this out. Oh, 
Okay, so, sorry, I keep losing my place. Okay. Uh, the eldest child is from another marriage. I wonder if not wanting to be in a second failed marriage in her culture had kept her ensnared with this man. I also suspect that his youngest, his biological child, is a scapegoat. It's so very sad. So, yes, possibly his second wife was staying in the situation because of her child and because of her religious beliefs, possibly. When we first met and before he told me he was married, I asked him if he was chatting with anyone else. He said he was only chatting with one woman who was just a friend. This is so classic, guys. This is so classic of how the narcissist operates. They're boring individuals who follow same behaviour patterns. But once you know, once you know what they are, you stay away. Uh, she was just a friend, someone he was in a relationship with previously. An old source of supply. Who was on the shelf, possibly. He once told me she was having trouble in her current marriage and that she wanted to leave her husband and that he was telling her not to because she only thought the grass was greener, but that it really wasn't. He'd obviously told him that himself that currently with his current marriage and was possibly managing to stay in it by his um, other activity on the Internet. I realise now that she was obviously someone who was being devalued or who had recently been discarded and was in the background trying to bring the relationship back. Maybe she realised he was talking to someone else, an inverted commas, me. Since in the first months, I don't see how he would have found time to talk to her, given all the time he was spending with me, and that it was perhaps her telling him my grass wasn't greener. He later told me that the relationship with this woman was during his marriage and that this was the only time he'd ever cheated. Wow. I don't believe this either. He was very boastful about all his sexual conquests and even related to me that as a younger man, he had to flee from a job because of how people were looking and treating him because he had basically seduced every female colleague he had, including one whose fiancé was at the same company. I mean, the, the writer knows that these were huge red flags, but the narcissists will often reveal this information once they know that you're hooked. So this is kind of trying to make themselves out to be exciting, but they're actually diabolical. During our relationship that lasted 15 months or so, I would often ask him, how he did it. He would laugh about how this whole thing was so out of character for me, how I had allowed him to cross so many boundaries, and also the fact that I had gotten hooked in inverted commas. I would offer an inverted commas analysis on how he succeeded, how and at what point certain boundaries were breached. He would shut down the conversation and tell me not to think about it. 
So we're dealing here with a highly intelligent subscriber who is analysing the situation even as she's in it. And it doesn't matter your intelligence level. It doesn't matter at different times that it's so out of character for you. When when you get hooked by a narcissist and don't realise, you know, the extent of the danger that you're in and the extent of how difficult it is to unhook yourself from it, your intelligence can be pointing this out to you. But extricating yourself needs a hell of an amount of work. In the devaluation, when we would fight, he would ask me if I was trying to, in inverted commas, figure him out. If that was what all this confrontation was about, he would say that I would never figure him out. Come on, guys, we need to get this educational information out there. They're going around with this elevated, grandiose sense that they're better than everyone else. We need to get this information out there to put a stop to this. This was after him saying from the beginning that he knew me better than I knew myself. Think about that, guys. Think about that. The arrogance, the audacity and the fact that the narcissist gets to know you and gets to know your vulnerabilities so that they can control you, not because they care about you. I once told him there would never be another instance like this for me. He laughed and said that my life would forever be divided into the time before and after him. Well, that's not far from the truth, because once we know, we go, we get out, we stay away. And um, that's a quote actually from H.G. Tudor, once we know and we realise that there are these individuals out there, life is never the same, but life is, is a damn bit better, a lot better once we know. My response to the first silent treatment was explosive. I threatened to disappear if he ever did that to me again. That was 10 to 11 months in, so that was a mini discards silent treatment. He smoothed it over, but a few weeks later, he stopped calling me by any term of endearment or by any name at all. I became you, in inverted commas. I pointed it out and asked that he call me a name. He never did again. We were moving into the discard phase, but it was labelled a punishment. Being in the penalty box, a temporary thing. So this would feed into the cover of the pretend that this was in the dynamic of the sexual game context, but it was actually a personal devaluation. During the entire relationship, we checked in every single day without fail. But beyond that, he spent less and less time with me. We fought about it more and more. He would say, there is too much fight in you. Aha. They don't like that, guys. We won't go back to how it was while there is all this fight. So here's a narcissist finding the writer too hard to control and will initiate manipulation punishments to bring the writer under control. 
by many discards, silent treatments and devaluing devaluation. Uh, towards the end, he would get very frustrated with the arguing and complaining, saying this is exhausting. In the final argument, he said that his mistake was that he allowed me, he had allowed me too much rope and that this was not a love relationship, but it was a game. Again, my reaction was explosive. I protested and said that he was all about love connection originally and that he had love bombed me in the beginning because he knew I would never have entered into this without affection. I told him I couldn't do this if he didn't feel anything. That's when he said the sexual relationship was over and that we were just friends. So this narcissist is collecting people for his harem. Um, so he's categorised the writer now into a, a shelved supply or a just friend, like he categorised the other woman that he had been talking to online. I was devastated. He said if I reached out, he would answer as a friend, but that I was not to talk about the past relationship and that if I did, he would go away and never come back. Guys, narcissists will say this all the time and they'll they'll pretend to do it and cause a huge amount of pain. You get childish stuff like I will never talk to you again if and again, it's the, the toddler tantrum coming out. If you don't do what I want, then I'll never talk to you again. OK, um, yeah, he would go away and never come back. I waited a few days and reached out. He was extremely unpleasant. He sounded extremely furious, but at the same time kept trying to draw out the conversation. They want you to contact them. They pretend that they're disgusted to hear from you or if they're actually working on a new supply, they won't answer you. But if they're low on supply, they'll answer you and enjoy your distress. Looking back, he was waiting for me to say something that he could pick on and blast me about. Those first days post-discard were the most cruel. He was merciless. He genuinely seemed furious, but also wanted the interaction and the opportunity to berate me. And I kept going back for more. This is a person trying to seek answers and in shock and in withdrawal. On the third day of post-discard interaction, I mentioned something about the relationship. That is when he said he was detaching for a few weeks and to respect that he needed his space. Guys, in coaching and over and over again and in my personal experience, narcissists will often say they need space. They need personal space to sort things out. The only thing they're doing in that space is grooming new supply that he would go away for good if I tried to contact him, so I didn't. He messaged three and a half weeks later. I think he was disappointed that I hadn't begged to talk to him. Right on the money, girl. The truth is that my mind was so scrambled that I didn't reach out simply because I believed him and was terrified that he would disappear forever. Looking back, I just can't believe how brainwashed I was. 
We communicated maybe once a week for about a month. After that, I asked to meet him in person. He does not live in the same city. I told him it would bring me peace and closure. Can you believe it? Of course it can believe it. Of course, it's normal to seek closure. He, of course, refused. Well, there is a thing now. Are we familiar with that, guys, or not? I told him that I would not do the friend zone thing and that if he wanted to try the relationship again to let me know. He said he felt nothing and didn't know how else to say it, so I understood that he would never, ever, not ever reconsider. Toddler, all that was left was friendship. So we said goodbye I hoovered myself back in three weeks later and in brackets, yes, I did. That's okay. We do this when we're seeking answers. It's not the thing to do, but it's understandable when you don't know what you were dealing with. We interacted sporadically for another month or so. He would send little hoovers if I went silent for more than a week. I mean, this is emotional abuse at its height, telling you, you know, Total control, total total control over you, the level of relationship that he wants at the moment, telling you not to contact him and then, then baiting you to contact him. It's disgusting. Okay, I keep losing my place, guys. Um, he said he, oh, yeah. I hoovered myself back in three weeks la- later. Yes, I did. Okay, we interacted sporadically for another month or so, and he would send little hoovers if I went silent for more than a week. The Sunday before our last communication, he messaged me asking how my mother was doing. In inverted commas, I had told him she was dying. I'm so sorry. He's using that to get to get to you. Luckily, she took a turn for the better and I told him so. He never answered my reply. That's how concerned he was for your mum. Later that week, we had our last interaction. He said it had been over for months, but that I kept going there, meaning I kept trying to rekindle the relationship. And he didn't. At which point he switched back to the sexual game, kind of going into that role and saying, you never listen. I apologised. He said okay and that he had work to do. He would speak to me later. After 10 days went by, I finally, finally went no contact for good. It has now been more than three months. Oh, well done. Well done, you. I mean, with that kind of level of emotional manipulation and abuse, that's so difficult to do. So difficult to do. So congratulations to you. And and this... We, we communicated, um, the writer and myself, about a month ago. So it must be about four months now. When I said that the whole affair was out of character for me, it really was. I am well over 40 years old, have only been in one 20 plus year relationship prior to meeting the narcissist and had a very strict Catholic upbringing, never cheated, Never been with anyone outside of that long-term relationship. I have been so naive. 
This is the bitter pill I have to swallow to truly get over this thing. You know, guys, sometimes when we come out of long term relationships, especially if we got into them in when we were very young, we kind of want to find out who we are if we didn't kind of develop much in the relationship. And sometimes we delve into areas of ourselves that we've never explored before. And unfortunately, this subscriber, you know, delved into an area that narcissists are prevalent in, and that would be online sexual interactions, etc. This would be their roaming around, slithering around ground. So while you might have good intentions of just exploring your boundaries as to see what you do like and what you don't like or who you are and who you're not, this this can happen if you delve into the areas where they're slithering around. I know he thought I was a good catch in inverted commas. This man invested a lot of time in me. This was a lengthy love bomb. I was diagnosed with a stage three cancer two months after we met. He didn't really support me, didn't even remember my treatments, which is the first time I thought to myself that something was off with this man. But he stuck around, spent lots of time with me, continued future faking with the goal of eventually meeting for many more months and to the very end maintained that the cancer and scars didn't bother him. Oh, you were so vulnerable. You were so vulnerable and he took advantage of this. He could have used these things to hurt me, but he didn't. What I'm saying is that in my case, the discard was not brutal. I don't know about that. He did say hurtful things. He rejected me sexually, which was, which was humiliating. He did the blocking at the discard which is the thing that really brings on my despair. But I always felt that he was holding back, that he was capable of so much worse, but was choosing not to be. Oh my goodness, you know, we can get an unbalanced sense of being thankful that the abuse wasn't worse. While the abuse is absolutely diabolical. I know the channels say the crueler the discard, the more important you are to the narcissist. Maybe so, but I feel like there was an agenda behind it. I'm just not sure what it is. Now, there's more. There's more to this. Um, so if you can bear with us, guys, here are finally some of the observations that I wanted to share that I think you'll find interesting. During the relationship, he would give me movie recommendations. I realised after the discard and my enlightenment that all the movies fit into two groups or themes. One, murdering narcissists, and two, stories about star-crossed lovers, where life events keep them apart and they reconnect many years later. After watching the movies, he would ask me what I thought. He would prompt me for an analysis. I believe that the narcissist movies were him toying with me. This must have been so entertaining for him. The second was to prepare me for a Hoover in the very distant future. He would always say that he likes stories of long lost love. Well, by bums, I'd say he does. This is, this is a, a ploy a narcissist will get you thinking that they are the movie kind of hero and that this is... is something that 
that will happen with you guys. And it's setting you up for Hoover. You're so right about what you say in this. Given the fact that narcissists create a shared fantasy with their target, you will notice that when they are immersing in the fantasy with you, they will relate an unusual amount of mundane details. I noticed this myself. He would be weaving a story about some wonderful activity, but would include when I would shower and eat, for example. I've read that in time, the narcissist interacts more and more with the internal snapshot he takes of you. For the narcissist, you may still be figuring prominently in his life, i.e. via the snapshot, but for you, he is less and less present. In the last four to six months of the interaction that I had, the following happened to me frequently. We would say good morning, interact a bit, and then he would disappear, but would suddenly pop up and say something crazy, completely out of context and disappear again. Here are some examples. You eat guys for lunch. I asked him to elaborate and asked if he meant he thought that I toyed with men, which I didn't at all and which I denied. His explanation didn't make much sense. So much so that I don't remember what it was. You are a powerful woman, he said. I intimidate men, but not him. You're, you're a type A. He then indicated that this was why I needed him to regulate me, to keep me from burning myself out. Projection, guys. Your will gets you most everything you want in life, but not me. He said this on the day of the discard. Apparently, the narcissist is supposed to internalize us, not the other way around, and that they do fear this being swallowed up. I am, of course, none of these things. I am hardworking and try to be productive, but I am actually a very shy person. But this was the version of me that the narcissist created in his mind. In some ways, yes, and in some ways, no. Um, he was toying with you. We all talk about how narcissists work in cycles. Different ones work on different lengths. Well, they keep track of ours too. They are students of human behavior as much as we are. When we were fighting more toward the end, he literally said to me, you can't go three weeks without complaining. I realized he was keeping track and that he was right. I would be trying to manage my anxiety about him, pulling away, and approximately every three weeks, we would have a fight about how things were going south. Maybe it was his, his cycle and he instigated the fight. I'm not sure, but the fights were definitely on a three-week cycle. Yeah, well, it's all about the narcissist. He would have set those things up. I also want to convey a message of hope. While this relationship was not a full intimate relationship, I was deeply affected by my experience. I have ruminated over it every day since the discard and have spent a great deal of time introspecting. So I would like to share some thoughts and hopefully it will resonate. Thank you so much for, for giving us all this. Part of the reason that I fell in with the narcissist was because of my loneliness, being less than a year out of a very long-term relationship. The narcissist was so interested 
and it was honestly very validating. I had always been such a good girl, in inverted commas, very proper and reserved. His sexual interest was very exciting. In the beginning especially, he pushed and pushed my boundaries. It was all about his attention and him getting me to try new things. We sparred constantly in the beginning and the game of cat and mouse was addictive. In response to this pressure, I would often flee for hours, but couldn't keep away. I was fascinated and couldn't resist seeing what he would do next. I was like a deer caught in the headlights, a moth drawn to a flame. I remember asking him in the beginning, but what is this? How does it end? I was apprehensive because I knew how I attach to people when I finally decide to let them in and I was scared. He had said to me several times when I would come back after fleeing, why are you so, why are you wound so tight in a caring and concerned way? Perhaps the fact that it was online played a role in my recklessness, believing I was safe because of it. Yeah, you're not safe with a narcissist anywhere online, spiritually, in any connection with them. Now my experience with the narcissist overlaps with my battle with cancer and both of these factors have influenced my transformation. But I know that it is as much due to him as to my illness. Throughout my life, I have noticed that most of my relationships have seemed unbalanced in that I felt like I loved more, valued the other person more and gave more. Over the years, I had become weary and more and more reserved. I was very cautious about giving my heart to people. I had my small entourage of people, family and friends that I loved deeply, that I would go to hell and back for. But all new interactions seemed to never evolve. And I realise now that this was because of me. During my relationship with the narcissist, Midway through the deval anyway, I regained a kind of energy and positivity, positivity about forming new bonds with people and new relationships. You might think that my experience with the narcissist would have had the opposite effect, but it hasn't. I think it's because the devaluation was having such a profound impact on me that I knew I had to do something. So when I was waking up in the middle of the night in a sweat thinking of him and this became much worse after the discard, I realised I was literally putting my life at risk given my illness and that I had to act. I had to keep positive, be happy and help my immune system win. I needed to tend to myself. So I allowed myself to open myself up again and enjoyed every personal interaction to the fullest and tried to put the narcissist behind me. I have made several new beautiful friendships that have grown and flourished. And these are truly beautiful people, Paula. I realise that had I met these three same people three years ago, I would have completely missed the opportunity of getting to know them and they would have slipped in and out of my life unnoticed. I have also reconnected with old friends that have be, that had become estranged. There is even a friend I reconnected with 
whose son committed suicide just a few weeks after I reached out to her. When she told me the news, she started by saying how happy she was when I reached out to her and now I can be a presence in her life and a source of support. I do consider myself a spiritual person. I firmly believe in connections between people as you do and that the universe speaks to us if we listen. I feel sorry for my narcissist. I know this sounds crazy, but I also believe that I can feel him. Especially recently, I feel that he's not doing well at all. After all this rumination and introspection, I realise that I'm grateful for my own experience. In my case, this brush with the narcissist has armed me against them and spared me from experiencing a full relationship with someone with this disorder. I realise how very vulnerable I was to narcissistic abuse and that a full relationship would have brought me so unbelievably low that it chills me just to think about it. I will be able to recognise a narcissist in my midst from now on. I feel more complete and better able to connect with people because of this. For me, this experience was a gift. That's how I will look at it from now on. I want to add that because of my illness, I was acutely aware of the risk to my health and that this experience that this experience presented. But this is true for absolutely everyone in this community. The toll an experience like this takes on one, one's health is very, very real. And you must take care of yourself. Be gentle with yourself and forgive yourself and use this experience to live a better life. Thank you so very much for sharing that highly well articulated account of your experience with a narcissist and your strength going forward in dealing with your illness and protecting yourself. And it's a mindset like yours that and don't let this trigger anyone, guys, because it's different stages and with different people. But when you finally realise that because of you and because of the work you do with yourself and because of your healing, you can turn the relationship with the narcissist into something positive for yourself. It's not to do with the narcissist and it's not positive to have an experience with a narcissist, but you can make the outcome of what you have gone through and the pain you've gone through depends on how you look at it going forward. And if you can make the pain basically work for you and stimulate you onto living a better life, that mindset will heal you. And this person has done just that. So thank you from the bottom of all our hearts as a community. And please be kind in the comments and understand at different stages of life we do different things to search out something that we feel we're missing in our life. And sometimes it can bring us bad things. Thank you, guys.